Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third season of IWAS with your hosts, Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. Great, so what's the topic for this week? Well, today's show is called Why Get a Dog? And we're going to talk about both elements of that question. We're going to talk about what reasons there are for getting a dog and how a dog can make your life wonderful and better and happier. But we're also going to talk, of course, about the great responsibility in getting a dog and the things that you need to think about and prepare for before getting one. So I can ask the question that you wouldn't let me ask last week. I didn't stop you. Kelly. That was Kelly that stopped me. So we well, actually, have, no, maybe I, I did stop you. I did stop you. you. I wanted, no, I wanted to save it for this for right now. Well, Off you go. Yeah, so we, we, we live with three dogs and two cats. So why did you get a dog? I mean, what are dogs to you? And then another dog. And then another dog. And now you're contemplating. And then one more dog. A fourth, yeah. So why? Well, I've always enjoyed the companionship of animals in general since I was a little kid. I wanted my first... No, I got my first dog before I even was uh, old enough to ask for one, and I really just enjoyed that connection. For me, it was an instant... Companionship. Companion. Well, it was an instant yeah. connection beyond just companion. Well, it was a special companionship. Um, I had a cat and a dog when I was very little, and my dad was the one who, I guess, initiated that. And for me, it was a special friendship that just meant so much to me. Uh, when I first was old enough to ask for a dog, I was probably five or six, and I knew that I wanted a dog. I, I, I well, was your first dog? I, well, I know, of course. No, but you don't. Business. I don't think we had we had an Irish Setter before. Oh, before you, we got that, I did not know. Yeah, Rusty. Rusty. Well, I'm glad we're doing this episode. Well, this <laughs> everybody. No, this is this is funny because when I was a kid, all the time growing up, my favorite dogs were Irish Setters, and I was going to get one and call it Brandy, um, but I never did. Started early until my sister gave me a little ceramic Irish Setter last year, mm -hmm. which is in my years office ago, now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I didn't know about Rusty. Well, Rusty... Right, yeah. idea for Dad. I'm going to get you an Irish setter puppy for <laughs> Christmas and not tell you anything about it. Aww. <laughs> yeah. No, Rusty was... It was the typical... I mean, my dad my, my dad did that. I was very young. Too young to have any say or even opinion on the matter, really. And it didn't work out. You know, it was the typical situation. It was young family, um, very energetic dog, probably the wrong training or no training. I wasn't so old enough wasn't to participate. Ready to, ready to train it, probably? I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm even too young to know how that worked out. I remember the dog being very wiggly and wild, and I remember the, the you know, the usual story that Rusty went to the farm, and uh, I don't... You went to that elderly couple that has no, a big we actually had No, we actually had a neighbor who had uh, an, you know, a daughter who lived somewhere, and supposedly that's where Rusty went. My mother is still holding to that story to this day, so maybe it's true. But um, I do believe Rusty also went through a couple plate glass windows there, or their farm or their house, and it was, you know, it was, it was the wrong dog for us at the time. I was heartbroken. Then they gave me a cat, Katie Lick'em Leg. <laughs> I think this, I is, this is more information than we need to know. Uh, well, you know so how cats, they stick out their the... little drumstick back leg and then lick ah, dramatically. Yes. And yeah. she, that's what she did. So, um, and, then, and then I wanted a dog when I was old enough to, you know, to have but read so a few first, dog books. that first experience did not sour you in any way to the idea of dog ownership. I was pretty upset, you know, when Rusty was gone. Um, but it didn't, yeah, it, it, it didn't quash the, the desire. So who came next? Um, I asked to go to the dog show. The, the you know the benched dog show in Chicago, I think I was five, and we I there I fell in love with a Sheltie. <laughs> Shush. 
there's a, a litter of Sheltie this was puppies Charlie, there. Right? It was Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown or Boo, depending on what you want to call him. And and I I insisted that day. I was um, a very very well behaved kind of quiet child most of the time, especially in the presence of my father. But um, I when we got there and. I, we went just to look at the dogs. We weren't planning on getting a dog that day. I did want a dog, and I had for a while. Just went to look, Jamie. Yeah, well, we went to look at the, sh- yeah. you know, the show. It was a big event. Yeah. And then these Sheltie puppies were there, and I already, I already had kind of a thing for Collies. I already was kind of in the Lassie the Lassie scene. <laughs> and, and Lassie the Lassie is scene. in the Lassie Rin Tin Tin thing. Kind of small for um, Collie, though. Well, I was a small person. You know, I didn't notice the size difference at that age. I thought he was pretty big. So he'd grow up you know? to be you know, he was, rough collie so, size. And he was a beautiful, beautiful dog. Anyway, I, you know, I held him, and and I remember my my parents were in an awkward an awkward position. They didn't know what to do because I'd never been so adamant about something. I mean, it was quite a bit for me to stand up to my dad and say, "No, I really, I no, I this is what I'm doing. This is what I want." I had no money. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm holding on to the puppy, and I remember whispering in his ear, saying, "Don't worry about. Don't worry. You'll come home with me." And holding on to him, and my um, my dad and and my mother. This is before ATMs. Had to figure out how to negotiate. Mama, if I ever see her whispering in a dog's <laughs> ear again, to pull her away, step yeah. back from the puppy, ma'am. And they 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 had to, they had to negotiate because they didn't actually have enough money on them. And and I actually got the puppy that day, which was a, a rare thing. Anyway, he was my best friend for um, a long time. That was I was in kindergarten. I brought him to show and tell. I cry thinking about him. And he um, he lived until I was a senior in high school. Wow! All through my whole childhood, and um, it was a good friendship. And then who was next? Well, then I went away to college, and I didn't. And my mother got a, a German Shepherd without my help. Even that, at that point, I was pretty dog savvy. I you know did a lot of training. And, and uh, so she had her own German Shepherd. When I got out of college, I got my own Rottweiler, Ivan. That's and a big change from a Sheltie to a Rottweiler. Uh, ha, ha. Why did you change breeds? Well, you know, she as much... She had grown a larger by this Yes, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I always wanted... I always liked the big dogs. I really did. But, you know, when I, I, I was little when Charlie was little, and, you know, he never got bigger, and that was my only disappointment, <laughs> actually, in him. Why won't you know? grow, Charlie? <laughs> well, he's a Sheltie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Maybe I thought he was a Collie, or I didn't know the difference at that point, really. So it sounds like the buying uh, occasion was not filled with a lot of research or no, uh, no, no. We didn't do any of that. So was Ivan a puppy, or you adopted him? No, right? Ivan was a puppy. I, so he I was, was full grown. So you knew you wouldn't have growth problems with Ivan he when he done. Oh, he's a puppy. He was a puppy. Yeah. I knew a little more about dogs then, though. I, I, I mm-hmm. I'd always wanted a big dog. I loved Charlie Brown, but he was small, diminutive, and um, so I wanted a big a big dog, and I wanted to go to dog training school. So I, I wanted to get a working breed that go with me and do all the things at the school. So if I asked you, why did you get Ivan? What did Ivan mean to you? You got him for... I, well, I got him, you know, again, for companionship. companionship. Also, um, I like the idea of a big dog for a certain... I'll admit it, for a certain extent of security. Protection. I was, yeah. I was a 20-some-odd-year-old girl living in the city of Chicago alone. And, you know, I, I made me feel very comfortable and safe having him to walk with. Um, at night and, and to be alone so in the apartment. I, no, I, I think a lot of people say this. When you say, why do you get a dog? They say for companionship and for protection. Or an alarm of and, some sort. And so I think, well, it's pretty obvious we should teach the dog then how you are going to protect us. What are you going to do? We're not going to leave it to the dog to decide you know, who we're going to protect you from or who we're going to keep the house Although it could from. be the case that they know better than you. 
Sometimes, although I've known some tremendous disasters that where they've left it up to the well, dogs. Well, I think so leaving, I think in, educating the people about what that actually means because it's a big no-no. If you go into a shelter today and say you want a dog for protection, and you are given, you read the riot act. You're or, given a shelter. You're, <laughs> you're shoved <laughs> you out the door. Now, a yeah. shelter is a good alarm dog. They bark and alert. That's and that's precisely people go it. in wanting uh, pit bulls. Or any kind of big scary right. breed, you know, if they want, and then people and then up worry, giving them a bad name because they don't train them very well, or just keeping them in the yard, like right. you know, the dog is going to just be a phys- a visual deterrent or, or or an audio deterrent, and they're not really looking to connect. I don't think that's true. I don't think you have to crucify somebody just because they also want an element of of alarm dog or protection. I mean, I don't think I think oh, you that's could a also great reason. you oh, could right. also get that with the yeah, small dog though. Right now, Hugo is our barker. But I, but I think we, we want to tell people how you train the dog to fulfill this role. And what I like with my dogs is that um, I don't want them to bark when someone walks by the house. But if anyone comes onto the property, I want them to go crazy. And, and this is a much more sophisticated alarm than any electronic alarm that you can buy. You know, it's not going to break down. It's, it's not going to, to, to miss anyone. But it does require... Training. We need to teach the dog first to speak on cue, you know, to bark and growl on cue. Then obviously that facilitates teaching shush on cue. And then we have a a party where we teach the dog the stimuli, you know, when I want you to bark. So we say invite a bunch of people around and they walk back and forth in front of the house. Then when they step on the path, you say to the dog, speak, 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 speak. And they love this game. I can remember Oso, after I taught him, he would spend hours sitting in front of the window watching people walk by the house, watching them, oh, no, they didn't come on. And then watching another person, and then when they stepped on the property, he'd, woo, 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 woo. And he enjoyed this game, but tremendous security. And so, yeah, you know, one of the, the functions of having the dog was definitely for protection, but when you say that, I like you the have word to alarm. Alarm, alarm more than protection. Yeah, well, it's protecting the house because I mean, people have got to be absolutely crazy if they would pick this house to rob or break into when next door they only have cats and the house down one more they don't have a cat or a dog. So it basically says this house it's could a be difficult. It's, it's a, a big, huge deterrent. And I think yeah. that that's okay as long as there are other considerations. <clears throat> I think it's okay to say that's one of the reasons you want to get a dog, but. But getting a dog for protection and having it just sit in your backyard isn't really, you know, isn't really a no. And, and this that we, back to this know. when you said you you got the dog for companionship and protection, and these are the two things that I think of. I want a dog for company, someone to welcome me when I come home late, someone to sit up late with on the couch and watch soccer. But as reminded of a case years ago when a good friend of mine called me up. He was the president of National Humane Society. And he called me up and said, Ian, I've got a big problem with my dog. It eats through the basement walls. And so, you know, back then I was the sort of person who could take that hook and say, oh, eating through the basement walls, let's do this. Let's put bitter apple on the walls or, or you know, let's have metal sheeting or something like this. You're attacking the symptoms. Yeah, but I, I was smarter than that. So I thought I'd have some fun with this guy. And I said, well, tell me, is, uh, it's a golden retriever. And he said, how did you know? I said, well, I I have been around for a while and quite a lot of them will eat through, you know, plaster walls. That's what they do. And I said, why did you get the dog? And he said, well, you know, for companionship. And and of course, I travel a lot. So it's kind of a protection um, for my wife. So I said, do you have a very expensive water heater? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what is your dog protecting in the basement? And the point, the question to ask is not how to resolve eating through the basement walls. What on earth is your dog doing in the basement? That's not where the dog wants to be. His his answer was, 
the neighbours complained. I said, what are you talking about? He said, the neighbours complained when we left him in the yard. So now a lot of people would say, well, why did the neighbours complain? We know why they complained, because of the barking. And he said, and my wife said the dog did dig the roses up. The question to ask is, what's the dog doing in the yard? So, you know, here we have this situation where someone's got a dog for companionship and protection. It ends up in the basement. Why? Because it wasn't house trained and it wasn't chew toy trained. So it goes out to the yard where it learns to dig and bark and escape and then into the basement. So when we say we have a dog for companionship and protection, I think we have to teach it how to be a deterrent, to bark on cue if anyone invades the property and that's it. If anyone else, anyone comes in the house, run. Wake us up and run. I don't want you harmed. But then the companionship thing, what are you going to do in terms of companionship? What are you and the dog going to do together? Because if I interviewed the dog, and said, what do you like about your owner? I bet the number one thing they would say is the companionship. I like being with them. I like doing things with them. And we can't do that all the day because a lot of us work. So we really have to think, what are the activities? What are the times of engagement where we're going to enjoy the dog that we got for companionship? The other thing that I really loved about, or love to this day, about having dogs is the activity level that it, it forces me to be more active and to go outside, especially when I was living in Chicago. I had to go outside and go for walks every day, you know, look good, you know, like it or not. And, and certainly there were days I, I wasn't so happy about that initially, but, you know, it gets you out. It gets you out. You meet people, especially if you're in a city or, or an urban environment or, or near a dog park. You talk to people. It, you, it forced me to be social and active pretty much every day of my life. And that... Um, I think that's good. It's right. nice I to think have that, that humans, like dogs, are naturally social and active creatures, and that one of the difficult things that most people confront in their lives these days is that our jobs and the way that society is structured kind of inhibits our socializing and our activity. You know, most people are stuck in front of a computer or, you know, in some other solitary cubicle solitary sedentary. for most of the day, right, sitting down, and they don't get the chance to walk around see the sights, smell the, you know, smells. And the roses. Smell the smells. Smell the smells. <laughs> smell the smells. <laughs> Whether they are roses or dog butts. Yeah. Walk, walk the walks. Smell but the that, uh, so that dogs help us get in touch with the simple pleasures that most people have kind of lost in their lives if they're not careful. And, and, it, and it has a pay-on effect, too, that when you walk a dog, it changes the behavior of everyone else who's out there. That I find, you know, when I go downtown and do my errands, no one even looks at me or says hello. You know, if I were in Europe, everyone would say buongiorno, buongiorno, you know. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't seem to happen much in America. But when I go with a dog, it's like everyone is suddenly talking to me. Yep. And, and, and it really, you know, improves human Dogs are wonderful icebreakers. You know, if a dog ever comes to a party, there's there aren't awkward pauses because people just smile and look at the dog and laugh and talk about the dog. Also, and... excellent nose breakers. <laughs> yeah. In some cases. I remember a case I had years ago. It was in the 70s, and it was a young man, and he came to me, and his dog was a little fearful. And just chatting to this man, it was obvious that he was extremely fearful and shy too. I mean, he had great difficulty speaking. He could speak to me because it was a, a consultation. And I recommended to him, I said, well, your dog needs to get out and go for a walk. And I said, here's what I recommend. And I got a map and I said, I suggest you walk this route every day. And I drew out a, a route for him. And it went by where now the Ohlone Dog Park is, which was the first dog park in the world. 
Um, my rationale there was um, not so much that the dog would get socialized, but that he would. If he's walking the same route every day at the same time, he's going to meet the same people. And I met him about three years later at a lecture. Totally different person. He could chat, he could smile, he could talk. And it was the fact he had the dog with him. And now it, it was engaging. People were coming up to him. Is it a, it's an icebreaker. It's a confidence booster. But I also think that it's, you know, we'll, we'll do things for another another being that we won't do it for ourselves you know so when i say that the dog got me out for exercise every day i did it because because the dogs needed the time outside not because i needed the exercise mm -hmm. we often put ourselves and our own needs aside you know i you know and and we're more willing to to provide when you know when we're the sole caretaker for somebody else i think i mean i think for a lot of people yeah i mean you you feel guiltier because they they, they depend have, on you. Right. They can't just take themselves for a walk or, or, or for exercise. So it's up to me to make sure that I get them out there. And um, so I think that that pushes people. It's a motivator in a different way. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and the payback again is enormous. Um, I, I find in my life, I'm just, I'm so busy that walking the dog is now, it's an hour or two hours that I don't have yet. Every time they get me out or Kelly gets me out, I feel so uplifted and calm after the war. It's good for your brain. It's tremendous. It's uh, brains are just they never stop. All the worries about work and will Dog Star crash again today and all this stuff, and um, it's just really calming. And these are special moments for people. And I, I say in a lot of my lectures now, you know, the dog walk should always involve a ten-minute chill-out time when you stop walking. You sit on a park bench or you just look at the scenery and you just stand there with your dog. And this is, it's a really, I think, important, like close bonding moment, but it's very special for people. This is probably the only, the 10 minutes in their entire day where they did nothing. You know, even when I start off on a walk, I'm, I'm thinking about, oh, I've got to finish this article. Oh, I didn't do that blog. Oh, I've got to do the payroll. And my brain's going for it. It takes a while to sort of slow down just standing there with the dog. And for dogs, being outside is huge. I mean, I, I learned this with Omaha. He went stir crazy one day. Just he came up, went woo, jumped over the couch, ran out the door, came back over the couch and just went crazy and then went woo. And I realized I hadn't walked him for two days. And I was typing away, writing on the computer. I said, all right, now my heart's go outside. So we went to the front door. And he went out the front door, looked up the street, looked down the street, went whoop, came inside and laid down. And I realized not it was just... Not that I'm recommending he that had, for no, I'm not, but exercise. The point of the exercise is that the point of that story is, is the mental exercise, which is absolutely critical, that... He didn't need a big long walk to have the effect. Now, of course, he may have wanted a big long walk too for a physical walk, but he just wanted to get out of the house. He, w he was, had cabin fever. Uh, he was going stir crazy. And just getting outside and standing there, looking around is, is a marvelous well, thing to, to do. that goes to their needs for mental stimulation as well as physical. And I, I think that it probably performed a useful service for you as well, that you had been typing away, not thinking about the time going by, and everyone needs to take a break every once in a while and step outside recharge and it's good to have a, a furry 
animal to remind you to do that. It's a good excuse. Whenever we're um, in another country and I'm walking and exploring, I, I feel naked. I feel wrong, you know? <laughs> I feel like, you know... Especially... I, I've been meaning to talk to you about this, Kelly. <laughs> but, especially... but it's not an excuse to go shopping. So. Oh, especially like you know, if we're in England where there's so many paths and there's so many nice dog walking areas and we're usually in the countryside and... You know, it feels wrong to be out there without without a dog you know, mm-hmm. by your side, sniffing and running and romping around. And so let, let's get back to. I'm not going to be knocked down here. You're not um, going to be knocked the down. original question I asked it about you. Oh. Remember the one I couldn't ask last week. Well, at the moment, you I live with that. three dogs. Why do you live with? I mean, don't you have enough companionship? I mean, just with lovely Claude, who we had first. They meet different needs for me. I mean, I don't think that three dogs is for everybody. And frankly, three dogs isn't for me. I I prefer two. I have three, so they're there. So that's how it works. But, um, you know, and and maybe for for some people, one is is plenty. But, you know, we had Claude, and he he is um, very inactive and not very... Um, he doesn't have that many abilities. He has a very broad range of what he can do training-wise. He likes walking and sniffing. Very slowly. There we go. And, so he doesn't uh, have a... Claude is called my dog. He doesn't have a, a broad <laughs> range of, of activities. He's physically limited. He's mentally a little challenged. And um, I had sports that I wanted to do and, and things I wanted to dabble in and try. Um, so, you know, so Dune came along more of as a, as a, a training kind of project. And then... Um, Dune, you know, Dune had Ollie as a friend, and Ollie passed away. Dune and, Hugh and Claude aren't necessarily very friendly, and I, I thought, you know, Dune, Dune needs a friend. They're not unfriendly though. They, just, they don't fight, yeah, but they're they, not. They don't. They don't yeah, sleep together. They don't play together. They don't. You know, they coexist peacefully, but they're not engaging each other. And Dune was very much used to having the companionship and playtime of Ollie. I do like that my dogs, you know, cuddle together without me, and that they like to play games without me. On occasion, and um, because I travel and I'm and I'm busy, and I get you know I have other things to do too, so for me the two dog you know pair is, is very nice. Claude's in his own little bubble in his own world. He's there. We love him. He's staying, but he's not really fulfilling the needs of of of, of me as not as, as stimulating. A dog. No, and and a for the dog. other dog, so you know, I love him to walk him. It's like walking a horse. Well, you, I mean, you, you can know, walk he's him all a... you want. Um, so could be walking right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll go and walk him then. You two continue. And you know, yeah. so then he and I always, you know, for the French bulldog thing, I just really wanted, I really wanted one. They make me smile. They make me happy. I didn't think he was going to be a dog that I would use for training. I, I knew that he probably wouldn't have so much energy that it would be overwhelming, but that he could probably play with Dune, and it's worked out beautifully. They are best of friends, and what the bonus was, he is a great training companion. And so he gets to do a lot of working fun stuff as well. But, you know, three is the limit for me in that sense. Um, But the idea is that they've brought different things to me. Some bring companionship and love, and some have brought a little more um, of an exercise, mental stimulation thing. You know, if you want to know why I have three, that's why I have three. But why do I have dogs? Because I really enjoy their company and what they bring to my life with exercise and, and companionship. No, I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine a house without a dog in it, um, maybe two, um, and, and in reality what we have is, is well, three. I, I know it's a stretch of imagination, but you've been to my house. And <laughs> there are no dogs in it. No, I, I meant in my house. Yeah. Ah, yes. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, Hugo, I think, really did surprise us that he is, I think, of all the dogs I've worked with, certainly the best demo dog I've ever worked with. Like when we film with Hugo, we... We'll put him on a spot, and, and I, I tell Jamie, what should we do? And we do a little routine, and then we stop the camera, 
and then Jamie tells you the next routine and Hugo hasn't moved a bit. When you stop and start the camera, you can't even see a judder. He just sits there waiting patiently. He likes to work. And, uh, you know, and the, there are more benefits to getting a dog. We have talked about lots of reasons why maybe you wouldn't want to have a dog if you're too busy or if you don't have the time for the commitment or don't like fur or drool or whatever it may be. Maybe get a ficus or a pleo. <laughs> or the Zuzu hamster, the new toy of the season. A furry. That's yes, good. yes. But um, there are other benefits, health benefits, right? I mean... Yeah, I think that could even possibly be a whole... Another episode. A whole podcast itself. It's um, true. And and while we're on this subject, I'd kind of like to hear what you have to say, Dad, about your history of, of dog ownership and, and what it means to you. What is companionship Well, from, I, from the perspective? You know, I grew up with dogs. I grew up on a farm. Um, there were three dogs there, uh, you know, Labrador, Jack Russell, and, and Spaniel. And that was just life. I mean, for me to be in a house without a dog is, is very unusual. There's a huge period. You mean I, you're a farm, a farm boy who ran with the dogs? Yes, I'm a farm boy who ran with the dogs from a foreign country. Oh, my goodness. Lord, yes. I've heard that somewhere before. Sure, so let, let me talk a little quieter now. Um, so anyway, when I came here, for a long time I couldn't have a dog, of course, but I, I promised myself uh, whenever I got a house, I'd get a dog. So we bought a house, uh, got a puppy, and Omaha was my, my, my first dog, and um, we did everything together. If I got an invitation to a wedding, I would say, can Omaha come? And if they showed any shock or disdain, I didn't go to the wedding. So we did everything together, and I guess when he died, it was a huge shock, because he died very young at five and a half years old. Um, and so with Feeney, I, I guess I was very guarded through all her life, that I, I lived with her, and she was very reassuring to me. But what she gave me was, you know, I was traveling a lot then, whenever I'd come home, two in the morning, Feeney would be there at the front door. It's like um, no one else would care, but Feeney would be there and she'd give me a hug and it was just really nice. And Jamie, why didn't you get up at two in the morning um, as a small <laughs> child and meet your father at the door? But now, um, with dog the dogs, <laughs> I think the biggest thing, I mean, it was two big things I, I get from the dogs now. One is it's something we do together. Like, we'll go out to dinner, we'll go to sushi, and I'm kind of full up with sushi and beer. And Kelly says, oh, God, play with Dune. Play tug. Mm -hmm. Chase him around the table. So it can bring people so, closer together. It brings a family closer together. <laughs> it's something we do together, but then my moments with the dogs. We can talk dogs or not talk dogs for hours. Yeah. <laughs> my moments with the dogs now are, are just purely um, sitting with them and petting them. And it's huge. That Claude's in his chair. I look at him. I'm reading or watching soccer, and the two dogs are next to me. Usually Hugo is the closest, and I just like petting them. And they're lying there soothing. on the back. It's very soothing. It's sure just... serotonins are being released in your brain with every every cuddle. I'm sure it's making me a better person, Jamie. Uh-huh. So that's, <laughs> that's why we have three dogs. Well, look, our time is up, so... I guess uh, that went really quickly. What happened there? It's because it's fun to talk about other... It's fun to talk my about your dog is what it is. <laughs> I've been talking about my dog too. All right, we better say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of iWoofs. Thank you for listening.